Hello, and welcome to Every Swing Counts. In this episode, we're going to be looking at One Weird Old Club, a Palm Springs three-wood. The idea behind One Weird Old Club is that sometimes I like to grab an old weird club from a thrift store, from a garage, um, from the attic, from a yard sale, and I take it to the range and see how it feels. Uh, It could be a, a, a wedge, an iron, a wood... In true clickbait fashion, you'll never guess what happens next. The idea is that there are some uh, fun, forgotten clubs out there um, collecting dust in garages and and thrift stores and wherever else. Sometimes I kind of imagine it's like the movie Toy Story. You know, a golfer will buy a new set of irons, new driver. You know, this driver has two highest spins, so I'm going to get the latest one. And they look at the hot list and they... They don't necessarily get rid of all their old clubs, but they fall out of love with them. So I sometimes think it's kind of like Toy Story, where all the old clubs that a golfer has left behind to, to buy the latest and greatest, they're going to sit there collecting dust in the, in the garage or attic, wondering if they're ever going to get swung again. But uh, the bottom line is, if you're a golfer of a certain age, like myself, uh, you probably grew up playing some weird old clubs. You probably got them from... Your older brother or sister, maybe your parents or your grandparents. But if you're someone that grew up playing weird old clubs, you know, swinging them now uh, as an adult can can be a good time. Um, I myself was raised on weird old clubs. I I played through high school with a a 60s era set of power built citation irons. They were the Levelume. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but they were these micro headed muscle backs. They were so unforgiving that if you hit even just like uh, like a, just a scooch off the sweet spot, it would sting your fingers and they'd go numb and you'd feel it and it just it hurt. It was like a, a punishment for hitting a bad shot as your fingers would, would uh, just sting and burn. And I was a kid, you know, I'm in high school. I, I rarely hit them well. I was still just finding out, figuring out how to play the game. I had no business swinging those clubs, but uh, they were my dad's and then they were my brother's and then they were mine. I was short. You know, so I had to choke down on them almost past the grip to swing them right. And again, they were so unforgiving. Uh, it's a wonder I, I didn't give up the game. This was in the mid 80s, early 80s um, that I was playing with those power builds. There were guys out there with Silver Scott 845s and Ping I2s. And, you know, I would be jealous of those cavity back irons with perimeter weighting. And I'd hear my friends on the golf team in high school talking about them. And even, even the guys that had the Ping clones were like, you know, that was like top of the line for us, for us and me and all my knucklehead friends. You know, I learned to play with those citations, and I loved those citations. You know, no matter how numb my fingers would be after thinning another uh, seven iron with the low, angry flight path of a two, I still loved them. You know, and that's that's part of loving the game of golf is you. Maybe it's not the clubs, it's the game. Maybe it's not the clubs, it's the swing. You know, we like to blame our clubs for uh, certain deficiencies in our games. That's why you always see guys trying to buy themselves a game and. At a certain point, you know, you got to spend more time on on what your body's doing and what your brain's doing than than uh, what clubs you're actually swinging. You know, those muscle backs, those those citations, they started a lifelong affinity I have for H and B power belt clubs. And I know I still carry some power belts with me from time to time today. Uh, some of my old citation irons, and I love them. I I went 
carried a few different full sets of uh, power built irons and they have been as fun if not more fun to swing than any other higher priced irons I've ever had in my bag uh, you know such a great history with Louisville Slugger and Fuzzy Zeller and all that stuff again these are longer stories for a different time but you know they made great clubs and uh, I love those clubs and I'll take those power built irons that I played in I'll put them up against any set of uh, TaylorMades or or, uh, or Callaways or Pings or anything. Long story short, don't be surprised if some power builds show up in uh, future installments of uh, of one weird old club. So you might wonder where do I get the clubs featured uh, on one weird old club, and and it varies. But I will say every club that I swing in this segment has a story. Um, it could be a, a personal story, like this this iron was my father's or my brother's or my uncle's. or um, It could be a random story. For instance, I found a Slashinger 9-iron sticking out of a trash can on the street in Philadelphia. And uh, expect to see a full report on how it swings in, in a future post. Sometimes I visit my parents. I'll poke around and see what clubs are in their basement or in the attic. If I see some clubs at a yard sale I'm driving by, if you're like me, you drive by a yard sale and you kind of crane your neck to see if there's any golf clubs out there. Um, I'll jump out and see what they have. Same thing on thrift stores if I have the time. It's not like I go out searching for them. This is not like an obsession of mine or anything. But I seem to end up finding weird old clubs, you know, like the Slazenger 9-iron, like this uh, Palm Springs three wood that I'm gonna that I'm gonna talk about today. The fun thing about these weird old clubs, one of the funnest things I guess, is that is not only do you never know what you're going to find, but sometimes you don't even know what you found you know, after you swing it. I would imagine um, people that play guitar, you know, different kinds of pickups or you know a rosewood versus a maple neck and a, you know the size of, of the neck and the and the fret offset guitar versus a telecaster, all these things that that guitar players think about. There's like an inside baseball level on guitar that non-guitar players don't understand. Same thing for skateboarding. I can sit with guys I know that skateboard and we can talk about the different kinds of bearings like bones red versus ceramic versus this and really have opinions on them. People that are into certain sports, I'd say um, golf is definitely one guitar playing, even though it's not a sport, is one. Skateboarding, I would imagine skiing. I know bicyclists. You get really in-depth on your gear. You get really obsessive about it, and you and you learn about it, and you tweak it. And so sometimes when you find a weird old random club, like a Slazenger 9-iron in a uh, trash can, you don't know what it is. You don't know how well it's going to play. Just like guys that go to, and gals that go to thrift shops and see a weird old guitar uh, sitting there for 50 bucks, and they play it, and they fall in love with it. You know, the same thing can happen with a golf club. It's possible. And I guess that's kind of the dream of one weird old club is, is to find that old forgotten club, dust it off, take it to the range and have such a love connection with it that the club ends up in my bag. I think that would be fantastic. You'd see that more commonly with putters because I think putters are such a more personal thing and it's not really as much about performance. It's more about, it's almost a hundred percent about what's going on in your head. But you know, wouldn't it be great to find that club and to, and to dust that old club off. And maybe you have to regrip it. Maybe you do something, but you know, it becomes something that is uniquely yours in a way because you're, you ain't going to see it for sale at the PGA Superstore or at the pro shop at your country club. That club is yours and you know how to hit it and you love that club and you'll do anything to, uh, to keep swinging it. And that, that would be the dream. It hasn't happened yet, um, but you know, as they say, you got you to gotta kiss a lot of frogs, right? 
I think that explains enough about what one weird old club is. So let's talk about the weird old club du jour. Uh, this time it's a Palm Springs three wood has a uh, true temper steel shaft. It's a, a Palm Springs select five. I don't know what five means. I don't know if that scale is one to 10. I don't know if that scale is one to seven, um, but it seems like a pretty regular regular flex steel shaft true temper and it's got this old school golf pride xpc grip i looked it up online i cannot find any mention of a golf pride xpc grip but lo and behold there it is uh, i bought this club at uh, the thrift store on route 130 in new jersey right after you get off the ben franklin bridge um, got it for a dollar 99 plus tax and i took it to the range right there the camden county range where you hit over the water I will say a little bit about Palm Springs clubs, uh, golf clubs. And if you try to uh, Google it, you will find a lot of golf courses in the Palm Springs area, but not a lot of mention about Palm Springs golf clubs. Uh, the only time I've ever seen them in my life before is uh, in the kind of lost, found, and for sale bins at the Walnut Lane Golf Course up uh, by Wissahickon Park in Philadelphia. Uh, I didn't know much about this brand before I swung this club, and I still don't. Clicking around online, like I said, not much there, but I do see that they are a kind of a, a discount priced, you know, full bag in a box type of club that you can still buy on Amazon uh, and some of the big box websites that uh, are Amazon-esque. Saw a lot of them on eBay used for cheap. One of the sets was a cavity back iron set. Looked like almost, all joking aside, we were mentioned it before, but it almost looked like Ping I 2 clones. Um, they were called the Desert Classics. It's a great name. Makes me think of Bob Hope. Makes me think of Palm Springs. Makes me think of uh, hanging out at the Ace Hotel and, and then going to Joshua Tree for the afternoon. And maybe not in that order. Design-wise, I'll say the logo and font on the Palm Springs clubs, and you can see them on on the uh, website. Uh, the old school one that I have, it's it's this really kind of super cool retro '70s vibe font. It's kind of cool. It's charming. The way a lot of things from that era can be charming. Again, I didn't spend all day looking, but I didn't see a ton about the company online. Um, not even on the, the Golf Works forums or listed on Second Swing at all. I, I mean, to be honest, not surprised they weren't on Second Swing because when you go to that website, you know, you can't even find power build or slot line putters when you search for them online. So that's no su huge surprise there. And you're not going to find this there either. The three wood I played uh, that I bought for a buck ninety nine at thrift stores. It was a little beat up, but felt it looked like the um, the wear and tear was more as a result of just being old and neglected rather than abused. There weren't a ton of scratches or dings on it or scrapes. I'm guessing like a lot of old clubs, it probably got left outside a couple times in the rain or morning dew and got warped over the years through all the storage and neglect. So it was beat up, but not like damaged. I'll say. Uh, and it's kind of like a stylish old car. I'm not going to say a classic car, because when you say classic car, you think of like some meticulously maintained early model Ford Mustang or 56 Chevy or something. Everything's perfect and every screw is aligned and it's the original stuffing in the original seats. And, and then it's auctioned off for like a zillion dollars at a, at a Mecham auction. It's not a classic. It's a stylish old car. Imagine a, a 72 Porsche 914. Hasn't been driven in forever and it's been sitting collecting cobwebs in your estranged uncle's garage. It was never state-of-the-art. It was never top-of-the-line. It was a hybrid Frankenstein between Volkswagen and Porsche and a mid-engine car. But then it sat there collecting dust, and it kind of grew into its vibe. And with every passing decade, it kind of got cooler. And now you, you find that car, you wipe off the dust, and you're suddenly staring at just miles of style. And you're like, this is the coolest car in the world. It's not going to be, it's not like a, a 1985 911 or a 1956 Chevy or, or a 71 Challenger or something, but it's cool. 
And so what I'm saying, I guess what I'm kind of saying is, you know, if you can't have fun for 20 minutes swinging an old wooden beat up three wood that you find, uh, then you're just not trying. They're not practical, but they're cool. You know, they feel great. And if you can't, if you can't have fun with that, you know, that's on you. You know, that's not on the club, but, but enough about you. Let's talk about how this club swung. I'm going to talk about feel, flight, and force. With this Palm Springs 3-wood, flush contact on a good swing felt just buttery, just smooth and pure. And I don't want to... I guess I am going to sound kind of schmaltzy and precious, but I, I don't really want to be. Um, connecting dead solid perfect uh, with a wooden wood is, is kind of like no other feeling in golf. It's that feeling that it's hard to describe, but it's solid but soft. And to me, there's those times when you hit a, hit a, hit a ball, make a swing, you make contact that's just perfect. And, you, and we, we use the term pure. We all have heard that term. We've all said that term. We've all felt that. And it's special, you know? And if that feeling, if you're, if you're holding like a, a 40 or 50, 30-year-old wooden wood in your hand and you feel that feeling, that pure, soft, but solid feeling of perfect contact on a good swing and you see that flight path, like if that doesn't make you smile, then we probably can't be friends and uh, you should stop listening. But uh, if you want to give me a hate listen, that's fine too. Uh, I'll take it. I'm, I'm not choosy and I have no pride. The flight path of the of the balls I hit well with this club were pretty. They were, you know, that, that kind of like flying like a three-wood ought to fly, just that perfect rising glide swooping into a little fader draw. Just, you know, a gorgeous flight path. And, and maybe, it, maybe it felt more gorgeous because I'm swinging this weird old club, but it just, between that feeling of connecting with a wooden wood and, the, and then seeing the flight path, it's, it's different. It hits different. But in the end, the numbers don't lie. Scoreboard, check out the scoreboard. Wooden woods, even the best wooden woods, are going to lack distance compared to the technology of today. You know, you could take, take an off-the-rack, bargain-basement, big-box, three-wood, and uh, it's going to outperform a lot of the best technology from 40, 50 years ago. It just lacked a distance, just like uh, you'd imagine. There was no exception to that rule. I know Justin Leonard and Davis Love were some of the last guys to uh, use wooden woods on tour. Um, I think they held out. I, I don't know when uh, Davis Love the third stopped playing them, but I know Justin Leonard played them up into the mid-90s. Bernard Longer uh, won, was it the 90? I think the 93 Masters with a wooden driver. I think he was the last guy to win a major with a wooden driver. So it's been a while since these things have been in anybody's bag, let alone pros. Um, this one carried maybe 200 yards, maybe 215, hard to tell, because it, it underperformed my three-wood now by about 30 yards, 20, 30 yards carry minimum. So yeah, you get the pitcher. Um, great feel and less than zero force. But to be honest, if you're swinging this thing thinking it's going to go like a PXG or a Callaway or a TaylorMade or even like a Top Flight or anything from this century, you're, you're kind of missing the point of the, of the exercise. You didn't understand the assignment because uh, it, it felt great and that's the whole point. It was fun. It felt great. And I'll say the feedback was, was actually really good on this club. I could, I could feel exactly on the face where I was hitting it. I could feel toe 
shots. I could feel heel. I could feel slight top or thin shots. And I was a little surprised because uh, it's a wooden club that's at least over 30 years old. And you'd think the wood, the feel of the wood would have deadened over the decades. Um, you know, wood gets weird and strange after a little bit of swelling and contraction. And this thing's been doing the, the swollen swelling and contraction cycle from moisture and temperature for 30 plus years. So you'd think it would feel like a dead old piece of wood, but I could feel it, feel it, feel exactly where it was. So, so the sound and the haptics, like you could hear a toe hit, you could feel a toe hit. That was a, that was interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but the wood retained and it's not, probably wasn't a top of the line wooden wood from back in the day, but it retained that feeling and that feedback that you, that you'd imagine. The net-net is that uh, I'm really glad I, I chose to pluck this weird old club out of the thrift store bin and take it for a spin. And uh, in true Toy Story fashion, I think the club appreciated it too because the, the poor thing was probably sitting there for how many years uh, thinking it might never get swung again. And, and then it, it had an afternoon in the sun. It definitely won't find its way into my bag on the regs. But I am not going to, like, uh, send it back to the thrift store either. I don't take it out once in a while and let it stretch its legs. It's a good time. Thanks for listening. This was uh, Every Swing Counts. Uh, my name is Hayden, and we just talked about one weird old club, the Palm Springs Three Wood from a thrift store in New Jersey. Thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe or uh, visit us again, and uh, just keep swinging.